Hello, my friends. Peter Fleming here. I hope you're having a pleasant new year and that any of you currently trawling film and television archives on my behalf are having a fruitful search. Now, there'll be a full new series of my Into the Archives pod broadcast sometime in the near future. But before then, I thought I'd provide a couple of little treats to see us through the winter months by dipping into my personal archive. And today, I'm pleased to share with you this recording, only recently recovered, of a live talk I gave at London's Leicester Square Theatre early last year. In fact, it was the last such talk I gave before, um... Well, before everybody suddenly stopped replying to my letters for some reason. Uh, this particular appearance actually took place at the final of a prestigious sketch comedy competition for which I was booked in error. But Leicester Square Theatre is not to be sniffed at, so I thought best to take the opportunity. Uh, luckily, the audience found what I had to say about my career, about Blue Peter, and about the circumstances I discussed in a previous episode in which I was separated from my family as a child uh, very amusing. Now, I think I must have been a little nervous when I went up to speak, and as you will hear, I ended up talking at about five times my normal rate, uh, but hopefully you'll be able to discern most of what I said. And if not, well, hard cheese. So, with that out of the way, it now gives me great pleasure to present to you Peter Fleming, live at the Leicester Square Theatre. everybody, it's me, Peter Fleming, I'm back! <laughs> it is wonderful to be with you all, you all remember me, I'm sure, or at the very least, I'm sure you'll be more than familiar with the classic children's television programmes that I made for the BBC all through the 1960s and 70s, and Mrs. Popjoy's Magic Attic. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nicholas, the mischievous cupboard. <laughs> yes, uh, release my crockery, you monster! Just for you, that was. It's wonderful to be with you here tonight. And I'm with you here this evening as part of a retrospective national tour of my work. It's been wonderful lately. I've been going all over the place talking to audiences like yourselves about my programmes. I've been going up and down the, uh, the, 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 the Piccadilly line uh, ever, ever since I was evicted from my home five years ago. I've been uh, wandering aimlessly through the tunnels. Now, uh, 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 this evening, I've got something very special to talk to you about. One of the best-loved children's television programmes of all time. But before I do that, uh, let's cast our minds back through the decades and I can tell you all how my story really all began. Now, as a child, I was fascinated by television. Yeah. Now, I, 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 I grew passionate. This was what I wanted to do. So I went up to my father one day in his study. I was only eight, only eight years old. And I went up to him and I looked him in the eyes and I said to him, Father, I'm going to work in television. And he just laughed. Just like that. <laughs> Give me a winning smile. He was a very condescending man. And, 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 and he said to me, Peter, that sounds like a wonderful idea. A wonderful idea. But perhaps when you're older, eh? When you're older, indeed, what a thing to say to a boy. So naturally, I did what any enterprising young child would have done in that situation. I got I didn't say another word. I just left my father's study. I marched down the stairs. I stormed out. I was very angry, very cross. And I, I, I went down the hall and I, and I went out of the front door. And I went out of our house. See, I, I didn't look back, I just walked down the garden path, and I went down the road, and I kept walking, kept walking, kept walking, and never saw my family again. 
I did go back to visit them once when I was there, when I was 11, but uh, they, 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 they moved away. Uh, so, uh, so, so instead I went to the uh, children's home, it was in our neighbourhood. I went up to the, uh, to the desk and I, I told, told a bit of a fib actually. I went up to the lady and I told her that, that I was an orphan. But I was very lucky in the end because the place was so badly run, they never thought to check. So, so I was able to go on living there instead, uh, well into my late 30s. And I, uh, and, I, and I saved up for a couple of odd jobs over the years and put together a makeshift studio and set some friends and neighbours to work on bits and pieces that I've been writing. And over the years, these were picked up by the BBC and broadcast to the nation's children. But, but I'm not going to talk to you about any of my own programmes this evening. I've got something rather special lined up. So tonight, any talk of Millie, the steam-powered elephant, or, or, or Freddy, the, the, the door... Uh, can, can wait for another time. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about a different programme, but one which I'm sure we'll all agree is a national institution, Blue Peter. Yes, you all, you all see my badge. It's my very own. You earn fair and square, but I, I, I can't tell you how. Now, uh, now uh, it's, a, it's an institution, though, isn't it? It's 61 years old and still going strong. And a lot of people are surprised when I say that. Is it really still on? It is. It's just not aimed at you anymore. And, uh, but over those 61 years, there have been 38 different Blue Peter presenters, and over the years, either through uh, through hearsay or through working with them directly, I picked quite a bit of gossip up about every single one. So what I thought I'd do as a special treat is uh, spend the remainder of my time with you this evening just uh, libeling them at random. <laughs> uh, and you might think to yourself, is it really libel? Surely it's slander if you're saying it out loud. No, I've written them down as well. Uh, uh, I've really got one for every single one of them, so call out your favourite. We'll see how many we can get through. Who wants to go first? Connie Huck, interesting thing about Connie Huck, she can extend her neck up to two miles long. It's true, that's why she never did that many challenges with the RAF parachute jumps and things, because whenever the door of the plane opened, she would just extend her neck outwards, down to the ground, she'd clamp her jaw onto something, very strong teeth, and then she just lowered herself to safety. It, it was very, very impressive in its own way, but it, it was cheating. Uh, and who else we have next? Uh, Peter Burgess, then we'll do Matt Baker. Uh, Peter Burgess is the only Blue Peter presenter who can fly. It's, it's true. He, he, he discovered he could do it when he was bored one day at Crufts. He was in his commentating booth and he, he just started flapping his arms absentmindedly. Suddenly he was a foot off his chair. He had no idea he could do it. But he, he's always worried he'll get captured by the government in a big net and experiment he wants. He, he, he only shows it off to close friends in his garden. Um, uh, who was that? Matt Baker did someone call out. Uh, Matt Baker is the only Blue Peter presenter to have shot me. Uh, 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 who should we have next? Anthea Turner was there. Anthea Turner has seven legs. <laughs> Somewhere in her house. Uh, uh, my favourites of these are the ones you can really believe. Uh, what was that somebody else called out? Janet Ellis. Janet Ellis. Janet Ellis is one of five Blue Peter presenters to have engaged Tom Baker in hand-to-hand -hand combat. <laughs> and, and crucially one. I mean, she was much younger than him at the time. Very impressive. Uh, who should we have next? What was that? Yvette Fielding was that Yvette Fielding owns the world's largest collection of leeches. She walks around with them all inside her coat, either sucking on for dear life or she sews them in when they die. She goes around the neighborhood flashing them at school children. Absolutely disgusting. Uh, who was else? Who else was that? We've had Peter Purvis. Uh, Zoe Salmon. I'll do Zoe Salmon because we haven't had her already. Uh, Zoe Salmon, fully qualified US Marine. It's true. That's how she impressed the, uh, the people who were producing, you see. Uh, you might remember uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the invasion of Iraq, which uh, there was a, a troop up uh, on the statue of Saddam. Topic that was her. Incredible. I, mean, I, I didn't realise either, but it's, uh, it's gospel. Uh, who should we, we have next? Barry Singleton once flogged a Girl Scout in camera rehearsals as a warning to the other guests. Incredible. Behave yourselves, she shouted. They already were, Val. <laughs> 
perhaps that's the only time for maybe one, one more perhaps. John Noakes. John Noakes was 50 feet tall. It's true. I mean, every time, every time you see him on screen, you're actually witnessing a camera trick where they've asked him to stand at the far end of the studio to make him appear normal size. It does mean that iconic film where he climbed Nelson's column was far less impressive than you'd think. But what was far more impressive, I would argue, was the fact they had to build a much larger Nelson's column to scale for all the close-ups. They looked like they lay it down like he was actually climbing it. I went up to Billy Baxter, the editor. I went up to her and I said, "Billy, that's a remarkable bit of engineering you're doing there. That's wonderful. Why don't you make something about that? That's really interesting television." She said to me, who are you? It was, it, was, it was a running joke she and I had over the years. And it was wonderful to talk to her about all that. And I've had, I had a lot of fun. If there are any more you'd like to hear about, we'll just speak to me at the end class. We'll be just outside for the next uh, two or three nights, I expect. It's, it's been wonderful to talk to her this evening, but I'm coming to the end of my time now. I, I can feel it. So it just leaves me to say thank you all very much for having me. My name's Peter Fleming. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. <laughs> well, wasn't that good fun? Now, before I go, I will say that the video footage from this talk exists as well if you'd like to see it, and I must say, watching back, I look astonishingly youthful. Uh, you'll be able to find a link to it, I hope I'm saying that correctly, in the uh, liner notes of this special edition of Into the Archives. And as I say, there will be a new series in the near future. And before then, there'll be another very exciting treat from my personal collection. So you can look forward to that. Until then, my friends, keep up the search, keep in touch, and stay tuned.